0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to the All Good Juju Podcast. I am your host, Brittany Basinski, and if you are listening to this right now, I have officially released a brand new book on his way back to me. It's a fiction novel featuring Jade and Paul who fell for each other hard as teens in their small town and everything seemed to be going well for them. They seemed to be made for each other until one day it all unraveled. This story is loosely tied to real events that happened in my life. And I actually made a TikTok video that went absolutely viral with, I think it's at like 4.2 million views and thousands of comments with people who really resonated with the story, really resonated with my heart and what I went through. And so basically I shared a clip of me grieving and what I was grieving was not choosing my first love when he called me the night before my wedding day and asked me to marry him and I said no, Um, But the truth is, he always had a large part of my heart, and I did not marry him, and he eventually passed away a few years later, and I ended up getting a divorce a few years later. And so in the clip, I share a bit of my grief, a bit of my regret in that moment, realizing, wow, wow. I can't go back in time and these are two things that I cannot change. But if I could go back and tell my younger self one thing, right? And so it was very much a moment where I honored that. And I shared that very vulnerably and it resonated with millions of people. And so it sparked me to talk more about the book that I had written, which is fiction, right? So what that means, some people get this so um mixed up right with fiction non-fiction which is real which is not real sometimes i honestly like forget to so non-fiction means it's a real story based on 100 percent true events fiction means it is not a hundred percent true right so some a lot of fiction authors will draw from real life experiences and then they'll add like fairies and you know um fantasy creatures or they'll take an experience of heartbreak that happened to them and they'll place it in the medieval times and make the romance even more um, you know like monumental and uh, significant in their own mind right they'll be able to use that as a form of um, healing and that's something that I want to touch on too is that's why I write fiction that's why I wrote this was because I was grieving this great loss in my life. And real quick, I wanted <laughs> before I continue, if I sound a little stuffy, um, I'm not sure if it's the spring allergies in Michigan or if I have a little cold, but I apologize if I sound a little stuffy, but I just couldn't wait. So I am just I'm gonna keep going. But why I write fiction and also nonfiction, which to be honest, as an author, is kind of not done. A lot of authors don't really go this route. They usually pick a genre and they stick to it. So that's why if you'll Google your favorite author, they're usually like a self-help author and they stick to self-help, right? Or they are you know, a romance author and they stick to the ca- that category. But where I kind of break the barrier, break the mold, if you will, is that I don't stick in one category. And I really don't see a lot of authors do this. And we are quote unquote told that this is like not smart to do, right? Because you're supposed to niche down. You're supposed to find your category, stick there, stay there. It doesn't really matter if you want to write a random cookbook. Hello, I've written two. It doesn't really matter if you want to write some one-off fiction art story, right? That it's creative and different, but like maybe you know, you're know you in this one category of health and wellness, which is exactly where I was, but you've got a creative side and you want to express that. We're, we're, as creatives, we are told not to do this. But I don't like the rules, you guys. And I'm like, absolutely not. I want to write fiction too. But I also love nonfiction. I love sharing an uplifting, real, true, 100% factual story with no. Fantasy, anything, no artsy fartsy stuff mixed in, tell you the cold hard facts. And I have written um, a nonfiction called Olga Juju Waking Up to Spirituality, Freedom, and Wellness, where I just talk about my real life getting to where I'm at right now and all the troubles and traumas and things that I had went through and grown through and healed through and I'm still healing through, right? Um, and it was a beautiful story for me to tell, a beautiful chapter if you will in my life and I love doing that and actually the second project I'm working on right now is kind of a fun memoir talking about you know uh new beginnings. since I'm now divorced and a single mom and I'm in a dating world for the first time and I'm experiencing situationships and like all of these really funny things that are just I'm making it kind of like Taylor Swift meets Amy Schumer, you know, just like (laughs) um, a little clap back with some humor um, and also some heart and soul. So, and I I love it because I'm able to channel my feelings and heal, right? And so that's what I want to share is a lot of the times we look at creatives as just like our servant and we, you know, like they're supposed to just paint the photo for us and they're supposed to just write the romance novel for us. But a lot of the times, I don't think we realize that as the creative, this is our outlet first. And maybe maybe for some, it's not, right? Maybe they see the dollars and cents, and they stick to their marketing goals, and they utilize creativity just as a business thing. But honestly, I feel like from an energetic standpoint, people can feel that, right? And that's why people can c- connect to the stories as they can feel the heart and soul behind it. And I think that's why, if you do read fiction, that's why so many people resonate with Colleen Hoover. And her story, it ends with us. She's talking about, you know, um, abuse trauma that she went through in her, in her life, in her childhood, and what those experiences did and how she shaped that really painful thing and she wrote this beautiful story, this love story, right? And so many people resonated with it. And it was a deeply vulnerable and painful book, but because she used that experience and she was able to channel that, she was probably in my my guess, she was probably able to heal that part of her that she hadn't been. And that is a thing that to me, I Adore about writing. I adore about this creative process and my creative expression. And so, you know, when some people come to my page on Instagram or TikTok, like, wait a minute, one minute she's talking about self help and investing and, you know, like talking about her course to help women learn how to create passive income so they can quit their nine to five. And the next minute she's just up and launching like a romance novel. Like, who does this woman think she is? And Honestly, I know it doesn't make sense and I have a marketing minor, I have a PR degree, like, you know, I've taken business classes. I know that what I am doing is a thousand percent against the grain, but I'm gonna do it anyway because that's what I feel called to do. I felt called to heal through writing this fiction story that is based on true events. A lot of the stuff... There's this quote, I don't know if I saw it on Pinterest, but it's this quote of someone, a photo of someone's, um, inside of someone's book and it said, this book is fiction except for the parts that aren't. And that's exactly what this book is. And so I won't say all of the part, I mean, it would take me, you know, the book is like 90,000 words long. It would take me forever to fully dissect which is real and which is not. And I think that's also the art and the beauty of it. Um, and there's going to be in this book, no spoilers, but there will be obvious moments where you're like, that could literally never happen because that's like a, a glimpse of fantasy, right? That, that that just would never happen to anybody. It's impossible. So, but that's what I love. That's what I loved about writing this book. And so I want to share a little bit about that healing process in writing this book for me as a creative, what it did for me. And What it did for me was allowed me to walk through the heaviest stages of grief from start to finish, from chapter one to chapter now. We are going into four years in just a couple weeks um, that he has passed away. And I am still grieving. I still love him, and I will always love him, and I will always miss him, and he will always be on my mind as my guardian angel, just as someone that means a lot to me and always will. And so because of that love, that deep love came a deep grief and that deep grief is still present. And I honor that. And so with this book, I was able to honor that grief and honor that love and share our story. And I was also able to take my grief somewhere else. Right I was able to walk through my grief in a bit of a fairy tale land, right? Like in La, La land, I was able to and that's the thing I like about fiction is you can take your feelings to outer space, right? Literally wherever your mind wants to go is you can you can channel that energy and build an entire world with it. my character I was able to take her which a lot of it is like my own subconscious my own feelings I was able to take her through the process in almost like an idealized way right the way that she grieves the things that she does there was a freedom in her grief that I longed for and that I craved in some ways right and some of it is a little off the wall but They were thoughts that I'd had or things that I had, you know, felt. And I really wanted to give my character some reprieve, right? Like so many times did I feel like just packing up all my shit and going out into the woods and getting lost and grieving alone and like away from everyone. And so writing through my character Jade gave me a beautiful opportunity to take my feelings where I wanted them to go in so many ways. And I don't want to spoil the book. I'm really trying to not give spoilers, but ultimately when she arrives to the phone of the wind, that was a moment that any grieving person would kill for. And in that moment, that is what I longed for. And so I was able to take a really painful experience and channel it into something beautiful and channel it into something healing. And for me, that's my fiction. That's why I write fiction. And and I love it. And I'll be honest, like writing fiction is extremely difficult. Um, It's a craft, guys. It is like, you know, woodworking or being like a I don't know, like a blacksmith or like, it's just, it's a literal craft. It's, it's a trade, you know, like plumbing, like you just can't walk up to a toilet and know what you're doing when it's broken. Like you've got to really study or like an electrician, right? Like if you were to just open up the paneling in your house, the electrical and start goofing off, you're, you're going to, you're not going to do it well and you're probably going to get hurt. (laughs) So, and that's actually a really great metaphor for writing fiction. It's a vulnerable experience. You're going to open up that panel. You're going to try to figure stuff out, and you're going to hope that you're not going to get hurt. With Hurt being criticism, laughed at, you know, boot off the stage, if you will. Like, it's an extremely vulnerable process, but the only way to, like, make your way around the cords and uh, the electrical panel in one piece is to practice at it, take the writing courses, hire the writing mentor, and keep writing, right? That's the only, way, the only way out is through through writing fiction. It's an art. It's a craft. People go to art school for many years. People go and they get their MFAs, you know, Masters of Fine Arts, and they go and they get their Masters in English or Journalism, and they become Masters at this specific skill, and so it is. It is a specific skill set, and it is it. It is not easy. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that right now. Is some of the most vulnerable work that I do is writing fiction because it is not something that just comes natural to most people. Like yes, storylines pop up in my head. They have since the first grade. I've known since the first grade that I wanted to be a writer, and I I've written every. Year of my life since the first grade. I have not gone a single year without writing something in some capacity, whether it's poetry, fiction, nonfiction, um, you know, diary entries. I I loved uh, writing diary in my diary when I was a young girl, and you know, blogging I did, and like writing for my school newspaper and college and high school. Like this is something that I have loved doing, and I have done for a very long time. But in that, it's still one of the most vulnerable pieces of my life because it's something that I cherish. It's something that means a lot to me. And it's something that, quite frankly, I've worked really hard at, but I haven't worked nearly as hard as what, like Hemingway right? or maybe even Colleen Hoover or maybe even some of the greats right now. Um, you know, who are out there, like uh, with J.K. Rowling, right? Like the Harry Potter lady. (laughs) Um, I haven't been in the game that long. And so there is this vulnerability knowing, like, though I'm 31 years old, in the world of literary fiction and the world of fiction writing, that's still quite young. And one of the youngest authors that has had a tremendous amount of success that I really look up to is Sally Rooney. Sally Rooney, I read her book, Conversation with Friends. And I think at the time that I read it, I was 29 or maybe 30. She's a little younger than me, maybe like a couple years younger than me. And I remember reading that book and I immediately, it was so good that it pissed me off. I'm like, okay, no one has the right to be this damn good, <laughs> writing fiction, to to be this, it, every line was so yummy, it was so delicious, it was like, this, there's no way, and I remember reading it just being like infuriated, like, why can't I write like this, you know, so I went and I googled Sally Rooney, I wanted to know everything about this chick, like, who is she, she's from Ireland, awesome, of, of course she is, You know, uh, she's kind of introverted and quirky and she's not on the internet. She's not on social media and like she's just kind of like a mystery girl. And then I found out she was younger than me. And I'm like, well, this is a crock of bullshit. How is she younger than me and so much better? Because most of the greats are older and they've dedicated like years and years and years to the craft. And I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, well, that makes sense right? Like you're 50, you've been doing this for 20 more years than I have. Of course you'll be better, right? Um, but not Sally Rooney. She was younger than me and better than me. And the thing to that, the thing I say to that is it's not necessarily I'm learning. It's not necessarily years, right? Like years equal time. But Sally had dedicated her legitimate college career to writing, right? Like I was, um, I want to say goofing off but I wasn't like I was goofing off with my you know my marketing minor my business stuff and my PR degree and I was chasing business goals and I I was not focused on a writing career in fact everyone had told me Brittany I actually I had I was going for journalism because I loved writing and I I saw myself one day like you know, perhaps writing for a magazine company or like something, you know, in the in the media writing as as a journalist of sorts, like because I at the time that's what I liked, and I didn't think that I could actually make a living writing books. So I'm like, okay, well the second best thing is to write for a news company, right? Um, but this was in 2008 during like the econ or no, I'm sorry, um, 2010. So like right after the economic downfall, the big financial crisis of America, um, news stations were shutting down, right? Like that, like that was a lost art, was newspapers and magazines. And they really didn't know, this was the turn of the digital age, they really didn't know what was gonna happen with the written arts. And so I remember my dad calling me one day and he's like, I don't know if you've been seeing the news, Brit, but I know you're studying journalism right now and I just wanna protect you. I just think you should maybe... Give up that so you can actually find a job. It's looking like you won't get a job if you if you go that route, and like he meant well, he wasn't trying to like shit on my dream, so to speak. he was just coming as a concerned father, like look, you're spending all this money and time, and like you wanna be able to make sure it's um an investment right you wanna get the return on your investment basically. And I just remember, I literally remember I was like coming out of the journalism tower and I just felt this crushing feeling like he's probably right. And so I pivoted and I shifted and I I got a PR degree because all of the credits transferred and I'm like, okay, I guess I could work in a PR firm. And I was trying to convince myself this whole time, like maybe I could just give up on my writing dreams and just like do it for fun on the side, you know, um, but when I think back to Sally Rooney, she stuck it out. She was like, this is the this is there's no plan B. I'm going to write. And I think that was a really important lesson for me and that's a lesson I will I will cherish forever is like you can't have a plan B. I'm sorry, you can't. You have to have a dream. You have to be like, nope. That's what I'm picking. I don't care what anybody says. I trust it. I trust myself. I trust God. I trust the universe. This is the thing for me. I'm going all in. And that's exactly what Sally Rooney did. That's exactly why she's ahead of the game for her age. And that is the advice I'd give anybody who is a writer right now or wants to be a writer or wants to write a book, do it. But go all in. Don't have a plan B. Don't say, oh, well, maybe I'll write this book or maybe I'll write books someday when I'm retired. And that's a big mistake I see with women. It's like, well, I want to write a book, but I'm a mom. I want to write a book, but I work a nine to five. I, I, someday I'll write a book. And I can't tell you in the last like six months, almost every guy that I've went on a date with has told me they want to write a book. One guy said he wanted to write a children's book. The other guy said he wanted to write a book about um, his Syrian family and no one really talks about Syria that much and just wanted to bring attention to that. Another guy was a baseball player and he wanted to write a book about his experience in pro baseball and the truth and shed the truth on what it actually is like versus what people think it is. And it's so funny because I keep all of these um, men and just women in general, like, I want to write a book. I want to write a book. And they're in my energy and they tell me this. But the thing is, is I think we all have a book in us. And I think it's one of the greatest things that someone can do for not only you know, like credibility. When you have a book, you're just a more credible person. If you're in self-help or whatever, it's just a really great marketing tool. Not saying do it only for that, but that's a bonus. But also it's a healing tool. To me, it is the way that I heal. And three, we all just have a story and most of us want to tell it. We have a voice and we should be able to use that voice. So, I see this a lot, and another thing that has come up, I had a DM uh, last week from a woman who honestly had the audacity, and I know she wasn't being like a jerk, but she had the audacity to say, wow, congratulations, that's so amazing that you finished another book. Um, I see that you've written, this will be your eighth book, and you also have two children. How do you How are you able to do this without your sacrificing motherhood or being there for your kids? And this really triggered me because, yes, I have, now this will be my eighth book. I have written eight books, published eight books. And I did not publish a single one until after I was a mother. So I have published eight books through motherhood. I have a four-year-old and a six-year-old. And I have done all of this in the thick of motherhood, right? So if we go back, the first books that I ever published were the Hippie Eats Cookbooks. They became instant bestsellers, Um, made so much money with those books. I honestly, it felt like a fluke. It felt like, what is happening? There was just so much that I couldn't wrap my head around. I checked the other day, it had like the original hippie East cookbook has, has over you know like a four point nine star rating on Amazon reviews over hundreds of reviews of people who are who still literally two weeks ago someone just bought the cookbook and I published it in two thousand and eighteen. You guys people are still like my books are still making their rounds, and that's a really cool part is like a book never dies once once it's out there it's out there and it's it's a living product for for life right and it doesn't mean it's gonna like always thrive every year, ebbs and flows, but that is a really cool part. And so this woman had, was acknowledging, you know, me being somewhat of a prolific author who just continues to write and create more books. And I really had a hard time thinking about how to respond in a polite way because I felt triggered and I responded warmly. And I said, thank you for, you know, um, she congratulated me. So thank you for the congratulations. I really appreciate the support. Um, but a question I have for you is why aren't we asking this question to other women specifically? I mean, we shouldn't be asking this question to any women. But specifically, why are we asking this question to creative women? Why are we asking this question to artists, female artists, right? Female creatives. Why are we, why do you have to quote unquote sacrifice your role in motherhood in order to chase a dream in the realm of creativity? Why is it such like a dishonorable thing, right? Like it's almost as if she were saying it's more honorable for you to have a nine to five and leave your child at daycare Nine to five, because that is a more well respected um, noble career for a woman. it just makes sense and that's the that's the uh, status quo and i 'm not saying it's wrong or right i 'm just saying you get less flack from and, and still you still get flack whether you 're working mom stay at home mom creative it doesn 't matter. women are getting shit on for just working and having children in general and or not working and having children. If, we can't get it right. Okay. In, in the eyes of society, you just can't get it right. But this peeved me because it's like, well, if, if I had like a, a typical nine to five and I was like climbing the corporate ladder, but my kids, you know, went to a nice daycare, or childcare, or whatever. I had a nanny here. Um, would she say anything to me? Would she, would I get the DM that said, how are you able to do this? You know, and, and she also projected her own you know uh, feelings, like I've always wanted to write a book, but I'm a mom, and I just can't imagine sac- the sacrifice. And I can't imagine not prioritizing my kids over my creative expression. And the other part that I responded to her was with kindness, and I said, "Who says it's sacrifice? <laughs> Who said I have sacrificed any?" time, right? Because what people don't know is that in the early stages of motherhood, especially when I was creating the cookbooks, I had a newborn, you guys. I had a newborn strapped to my chest in a baby carrier and a two-year-old crying at my feet for snacks while I stood in the kitchen and wrote. And I worked with them. And I'm not saying I did that all day and I just neglected the toddler at my feet. I'm saying I did the best I could, and the majority of the time, which I do talk about in my nonfiction, All Good Juju, Waking Up to Spirituality, Freedom, and Wellness, I share my journey as an author, as um, a mother of two young children, okay? And how, I believe in the opening uh, chapter, I'm eating plantain chips on my couch while my children are napping at the same time, which is a rare gift, okay? So, I wrote a lot during nap time. I, did the, I utilized the nap time hustle. I, wrote, I would wake up early in the morning, so the only thing I would be sacrificing was my time, my own time for myself, my own little pocket of peace when my kids were napping, or in the morning, I would wake up before them. I would sacrifice my sleep. I would get less sleep. I would wake up early. I would go to bed late I would write during nap times. I would not go out with friends and I would stay in and I would write and I would work because I had a dream that felt like it was burning inside of my soul. And so the only person, place or thing that has any, has sacrificed is me, my time, my energy, my sleep. My children, I call them my co-authors of my books. They've sat on my lap as I've written or they've played Legos as I've written or... You know, there's just a lot of shame with women in, um, you know, the creative arts that you can't do both. And I just call major bullshit. You absolutely can. People are scrolling TikTok and Instagram on their phones instead of writing in the notes section of their phones a little blip of uh, fiction. Right. That's exactly what I would do. So much of my fiction and early motherhood was written from my phone. When I was in the bathroom, right? Like guys, there was just never a moment wasted. If we were on the way to a party, as a family party and the kids were napping in the car, I was writing from my phone. Like if a scene would pop in my head, I would write it, you know, on a three hour car ride to visit my family. I was writing. Like there's so many excuses for, oh I wish I could write that book, but I have kids and I and I don't have childcare. I didn't either, right? So there's just excuses and there's reality. And I know that sounds so harsh, but it's the truth. And when I did work a nine to five, I actually started writing fiction, my very first fiction novel and I was like 24, 25. I started writing it at my desk job on my lunch break. And from my phone, random times, I'd get like a scene and I'd just jot it down and I'd jot it down, jot it down. And then when I came home, I would write at night and I'd write in the mornings, nights and weekends. Like I did the grind, and of course, I didn't pick the book up until after I'd become a mom because I had kind of given up and I was just downtrodden with my pregnancies and things. And there are times where you 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 have excuses and there are seasons in creativity and work and life, and the season just wasn't that wasn't my season for writing. And I honored that I was very sick in my pregnancies and I had a tough time but when those babies were born, it was back at it. And I was ready and I had new energy to create. And that is another beautiful gift that motherhood has given me is the energy to create. And I could go into that for for days, for years, but I wanted to talk about the major difference between a sacrifice and a priority, okay? Because you don't have to sacrifice for your dreams, you got to shift that mindset because what you need to do is make it a priority. It's not like, oh, i got to miss out on this. It's like, no, I've got to prioritize this. I've got to make time for this. It's not like I've got to lose this, cut that. This person's, you know, um, I don't know, neglected because I didn't go to brunch with them. It's like, no, I have to prioritize this dream right now. And I can pick up where I left off when I'm where I need to be. And that is exactly how I have approached it. That's why I'm 31. And I've written the majority of my books. Actually, no, all of them. I've completed them all and published them all um, in motherhood. So that is something I also wanted to touch on. I felt like it was really important for me to go to go deep and to go there. The, other area I wanted to touch on is kind of a little bit about the creative process, and I know I have a podcast where I talk about healing through creativity and the creative process. I get asked a lot about creative process. Truth is, everyone's creative process is so different, and this is not. I'm not going into a creative process episode because I do have an episode all about that um in an earlier episode if you want to go in if you are curious like what's your creative process or what do you recommend or how do you write a book or what's your strategy or what works for you there's definitely an earlier podcast um to listen to so check that out where I kind of I dive a lot deeper than I'm going to right now but what I want to share right now is a little bit of the dark side of the creative process and it's a side that um I don't really think is talked about a lot. And I wanna talk about it because, and I'm not saying dark side isn't a bad. I'm just saying there is this obsessive, almost manic state that a creative gets to near the end of um, wrapping up a creative project. Or maybe not all, but for me at least, I find that it can be all consuming as you are about to literally give birth to an entire thing that you just created from start to finish, right? Like so much of the work that I do and that I talk about, even like in um, my paid to exist course, right? We talk about the creative gestation process and how all of this energy goes to this one thing at a time and then it's one large push of energy right and you're getting you give birth to this one thing and then it's alive forever you know well forever right and it's alive out there in the world and you created this thing and very much like the laboring process it can get all consuming and that's what i want to talk about is that laboring process of birthing a creative project and you know, <laughs> I just, this is so graphic, but I, this is like a super informal podcast. So if you're expecting me to be like Oprah Winfrey or someone else, this is not the show for you, but I'm just imagining, cause I've obviously have given birth, um, naturally to two, two baby boys. And so I know what the experience is like firsthand. Um, so I'm just imagining like pushing out an actual book, which is terrible, but, um, it, it brings me back to that birthing table and that vulnerable moment where like everything around you i remember when i fir- this is not a birth i'm not going to go and tell birth stories guys but my very first childbirth i was unmedicated for a very long time cuz i want you know wanted to go as long as i could and I, I honor all women who birth in all ways. But this was just, you know, it was my first. And I, I just wanted to, I was trusting my body to go as long as I could without being medicated. So I'm in, I'm in the thick. <laughs> I am really feeling the labor pains. And I, I remember this, like, visceral moment of pain where literally, I don't know if you, when you watch the movies and, like, everything goes white and there's just, like, that, like, white noise where it's like and it's just like something big's about to happen this person just like everything just kind of like blanked out that's exactly what happened when the pain hit like a 1000 everything around me like the like it was like time stopped the world stopped everything like got really bright almost like super white and I couldn't like it was like my ears didn't work, like I couldn't hear noise, like I was just on another planet, and time had stood still, and I was like, this hurts, <laughs> you know, the only thing I could think about was how I was feeling, I couldn't think about who was with me, what I was hearing, like there was nothing else on my mind going on around me, I, if, if I was hungry, I, that was not a thought anymore. Like, there were no thoughts. The only thing was that one focus, which was, ow, right? This hurts. And then I requested the epidural. <laughs> but what I can say is, in the recent past, right, a couple weeks ago, I was very much at that point in my creative process, that dark side of um, about to birth. A brand new book and what that feels like as a creative as an artist who's getting ready to, to push this thing out into the world it is all consuming so for me the dark side is like i get so focused and wrapped up um and because i am divorced and i have a 50 50 custody split i um i have a few days to myself during the week to work and so In some ways, I'll be honest, and some women might not want to tell the truth here if they're divorced, but it can be a blessing when you're working as a creative to have those days to dedicate to your craft. And so I had a few days where I could do as much work as I could because I know that as soon as I have my kids in my possession, it's mom mode. And sure, I can wake up early, and that I did. And sure, I can stay up late, and that I did. But, you know, from... The morning to bedtime, like the kids need a lot and they deserve that. And of course you give them that and you're, and you're happy to. So when they're not in my possession, it was game time. And I was writing towards the end because I knew that the demands for this book were so high. People were literally saying, and are still saying, literally yesterday someone commented, I will sell my liver for this book. And I'm like, that is just really, <laughs> all right. Okay, so there's a high demand for the book. And I, I'm tickled pink, you guys. I think that's a Southern term my dad says and I used to roll my eyes out. But it's true, like I am so honored. I'm so excited and this still feels so surreal. Um, but the timing was not what I had planned. And I had said this in a TikTok video, like I had originally planned on launching this in the fall sometime. The book is kind of like based in the fall in some parts and I just felt like I don't know, like I don't really I'm not going to worry about this right now. Like I just got divorced. I'm a single mom. I'm living in a new house in a new neighborhood with no <laughs> no friends around here, you know, like no na- I don't know anyone. Like I'm just in a funky spot and what I really need to do is figure out how I'm going to survive. Like, how am I going to, you know, pay for this house and food in the fridge and be the sole provider for the boys and I. Like, that was my number one priority. Was I have to provide? I have to be mom and dad. I have to, you know, I I like I have all this responsibility. I'm trying not to get choked up. Um, because it is it's a it's a shift, right? When you go from uh, the marital home to having a husband who you know is supports you financially and had paid all the bills and all of these things and you go from like I didn't even know what health insurance I had to like figuring out how to how to um, set up health like just all these very vulnerable little things that aren't so little now that I think about it that I had to do and that was my focus was like I need to get the boys and I, I need to get on my own two feet and like I'll focus on this book later Oh my gosh! Why do I feel like crying again? Um, so this just was not the time that I had a plan. I just thought I'd push it off. The book was done, um, but I was like, I you know, I didn't know if I wanted to traditionally publish it, and if I did, I'd have to like keep pitching it to literary agents. And I had kind of tried, and I wasn't getting a lot of luck. And any author knows this; um, it's really hard to get traditionally published, and it's a long process. So even if I was to get traditionally published, say an agent liked my work, they, you know, signed a book deal and they wanted to work with me. It can take literally two years minimum to get that book into people's hands. It's a long, long, long process. And from the TikTok video, people wanted the book like tomorrow. And I had said in a video, I'm like, oh, I was planning on fall. And they're like, fall with a hundred question marks. We can't wait till fall. We want the book now. And so I took that as an opportunity, um, and obviously, this is a spirituality podcast, so if you you aren't a fan, um, you can put your ear, earplugs in for this next piece. But, um, or you know, if this doesn't resonate, take what does and what doesn't. But for me, my truth is that I felt God giving me an opportunity. Oh my gosh, I feel. <laughs> I'm sorry if I cry. I felt God giving me this opportunity to rise up, to rise to the occasion, to do what I've always wanted to do, but in his timing. Um, And so I had to completely surrender. And at the time I was taking um, a course late at night when my boys were sleeping and when they weren't here, I was trying to um, learn a new skill. (laughs) I'll be honest, like I was learning a new skill to learn how to multiply my streams of passive income and it was um definitely a vulnerable area of business that I was new to, but I'm like, you know what, I gotta provide for my boys. I gotta do, gotta do what I gotta do. This comes first. So I was in the thick of creating this or um, taking this course. And I had a vulnerable moment where I just missed my person and I shared that TikTok video um in the heat of that moment and it resonated and it struck a chord and here I am um, with a brand new book launched and um, yeah (laughs) it's uh the way that it all happened is honestly just a gift um yeah here we go (laughs) so first off I want to say thank you I really want to say thank you um for the support and for just trusting in me and aligning me with this path um Honestly, like my highest timeline is what I would say, right? This is something that I've always dreamt of and something I've always wanted. And I just kind of didn't think it would really happen um, in this way. Um, but I, I am trusting God. I am trusting that even with the great demands that, you know, I am serving as a, as a vessel to, um, to share my story and to um, hopefully be an inspiration to those who also have a story too that they want to tell and they want to heal through and um gosh yeah just a super grateful so um yeah I I'm in awe by the experience I it has been as I said like beautiful and all-consuming all at once and I really took on the challenge to get everything up to snuff and hired a team to support me um you know, I really invested financially. That's something people don't talk about as well. Like the financial investments when you do, um, indie publishing, it's not cheap. You know, there's all these different aspects that you have to consider and going into a vulnerable place as like a single mom who, you know, is feeling it. Um, it's a risk, but I trust, right? I trust, I trust, I trust. So I went in, I'm like, the time is now I'm going to rise to the occasion. I'm going to do my absolute best and try to get the best possible version that I can in the hands of people who are feeling this. And so that's exactly what I did. And on the days I didn't have my kids, uh, the dark side is that I would work 12 to 16 hour days. And if that sounds like a lot, it's because it is. And so there were moments where I would forget to eat. It's not like I would do it on purpose. I would just be so wrapped up in the story line by line and making sure like each sentence was crafted the way that I wanted it to be crafted. And sorry, I had to take a drink here. Um, That each line was working. And when there's 90,000 words and you want to make sure that everyone works as well as it possibly can, you can imagine that (laughs) that's a lot in a month. To dissect, and so I was going through the dissecting process and and just making sure and I'd hired a copy editor and we were going back and forth on um, a few developmental edits and decided to add a few more fun scenes and so you know um it it's been it's been a long, arduous, meticulous, beautiful story. And experience to kind of expedite the process but it has been it has had its moments it has had its dark dark times where I'm like I haven't left pajamas in five days <laughs> like I haven't eaten since yesterday and it's 3 p.m. and I have just been in it and it's very much like when you're on that birthing table you're not thinking about anything else you're thinking about is having this baby And so I don't think a lot of, maybe I just, maybe they do talk about it. I just haven't heard anybody talk about that dark side of um, when you're getting ready to launch a creative product or project, product, 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 project. (laughs) It can very much feel absolutely all consuming in some really dark, nasty ways. And um, when again, in beautiful ways, right? Because at the end of it, you know, you've got this beautiful book baby and you're looking at it and you're like, wow, I made that. And you just have that surreal moment. Um, we, you, you hold it in your hands and you're like, wow, this is surreal. It almost doesn't feel real. You're like, what happened? Like, it's like in a blink of an eye, it's already here. And it's very much like, you know, you reflect as you hold that baby. Like, was I really pregnant for nine months? Did I really like Have my head in the toilet for three whole months vomiting for this beautiful thing? Like, I don't even remember that. I want to do it all over again. I want one more, right? (laughs) And so it's very much like that too when you finish a book and you've just labored and you have just been in that gestation process and it's been tough. It has been hard work. But after you look at it, you're like, I think I want to do that again. Typically... What I do in my creative process is absolutely lose my mind, (laughs) go through the dark season of birthing, and then do it all over again. Lather, rinse, repeat. (laughs) So super honored to be here. Very excited to usher this into the world. And again, I, I thank you and I I appreciate you, and I am so grateful for the opportunity to be here today to have this book ready and in your hands and on your hearts and in your minds, and I hope that the characters Jade and Paul really stick with you. Um, I hope they inspire you in so many ways. I hope that their story heals you in so many ways and provides entertainment and love Um. I, I, I do hope that. So thank you again for the opportunity. I, I'm i looking forward to seeing the reviews roll in on Amazon. Um, and if you didn't know, Amazon does favor reviews. So if you get the book to like 100 reviews, the book pops up um, in their algorithm more. So like, if you feel it on your heart to give the book a review, it certainly helps. Uh, it helps the author, it helps the algorithm, so like not just me, but like any of your authors, give them a review, even if you just throw a few stars up there, even if you just write a one word sentence, it takes literally just a couple minutes it 's not a hard process at all um it 's a great way to like pay it forward and and help them out you know it's it's a it 's a really you know it 's a challenging craft, and they 've dedicated a lot of time to it and um it takes it takes a long time to write a book and, you know, most authors are selling these beautiful works of art for literally under $20. And I think that's just insane when you think about it. So, um the amount of time and effort and energy and love that they have given to this baby, this book baby, it's just it's beautiful. So from my point of view, you know, don't be don't be shy to to give your your favorite author some love cuz they definitely deserve it. This is you know, it's a it's an old craft, and it's one that I I deeply respect. And so, if you have any, um, you know, love and and care for your your favorite authors, throw them a review on Amazon or write a nice something on Goodreads. I know that's a thing that people do, um, and it's so appreciated, guys. Like it really is. And so, if you feel it on your heart after you read the book, to to throw up a review. Um, it means a lot. And honestly, I love the feedback. My, my love language is words of affirmation. So just hearing or seeing like actual words, um, or even like a DM, you know, on Instagram, like if, if you want to send something more personal, like I would just love to hear your thoughts and your feedback on it. Um, it would mean a lot to me. So, um, yeah, I feel like I'm rambling at this point. I'm getting very excited to, uh, to see this book circle around and and make its way through the world, and I, I'm even more honored to have the story um, live on and, and bring life as I speak about a person that means a lot to me um, during the month that he actually had passed away. so that's another thing I will end on is the month of April is the month that he left for good. and I just don't see any coincidence in God choosing this to be the month that we make this book happen. And so I just feel like it's divinely led and I'm trusting and I am grateful. So if you are interested, you can find the book anywhere online, specifically Amazon. Um, Actually, no, I think you can only find it on Amazon. You can't find it anywhere online. The other books are available everywhere else online. But I decided to go through um, Amazon Publishing. So the book is only on Amazon right now. Um, that may change in the future, but for now, we are, we are going with Amazon. Um, someday that may change. But for right now, the book is available on Amazon, um, Kindle, eBook, or paperback. So looking into audio options, I know a lot of you guys are audio listeners, and I am definitely, I think it sounds like fun, and I'm going to figure out how to do that that's not currently available, but as I figure that out, I will keep you all updated. If you aren't in my email list, you don't want to miss any announcements. If I do decide to do the audio version, um, you're not going to want to miss my announcements. So make sure that you go to my website, BrittanyBecinski.com. You can snag a freebie um, and you can just hop right on my email list. It's free and I don't spam. I just... It's just announcements and things that you definitely don't want to miss. Um, Yeah, I think that is everything. Again, you guys, I'm so excited. I cannot wait to celebrate today and do a little happy dance and send all my love Um, from the bottom of my heart. I can't, again, I've said thank you like a thousand times, but I mean it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I could never thank you enough, um, and I look forward to to connecting with you guys in other ways. You can connect with me on Instagram at Brittany Basinski if you haven't already. And you can connect with me on TikTok at Brittany Basinski if you haven't already. And don't be a stranger. I love to chat with you guys. So I'm looking forward to connecting further and sending you so much love. Thank you so much. Until next time.